This is the J. Scott Outdoors podcast on Western big game hunting and fishing brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and join today. I'm your host, Jay Scott, and I live and breathe hunting and fishing, spending half the year in the field experiencing God's creation. I hope you'll enjoy hearing about our adventures. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today I have Mark Paulson with Wilderness Athlete, and we are actually up here in a travel trailer in Unit 9, and uh, Mark's friend uh, Rick Corvin has a muzzleloader tag here in Unit 9, and uh, I know I was out listening for bulls. I've got an archery hunter that starts uh, this coming week and was out listening for bulls. Mark, how you doing? Did you hear some bulls this morning? We did. Had a great time. Uh, caught caught a few seconds of a couple bigger bulls, so we're going back tonight. Nice. Um, uh, we, I know we've got rain coming in here in the next couple of days. In the afternoons, we're supposed to get some showers. Um, I, I actually covered quite a few water holes uh, today driving around just checking tracks, knowing that the rain's probably going to come and wash those out, so I, I wanted to see kind of where the elk were and what, what water holes they were using, and um, I know, uh, you know, it's probably 10 o'clock in the morning here, and uh, Rick's still out, so hopefully they got a big bowl down. Let's hope so. Uh, Mark, you just got back from an antelope hunt in New Mexico. Um, tell me a little bit about that hunt and how it went down. Well, uh, I drew a good tag out there near Clayton in the northeast corner of the state, and uh, went out there with a, a close friend of mine, Dave Rowan. And, um, you know, not a big piece of property, so I didn't know what to expect. We've had a lot of rain, uh, so I knew things should look pretty good. Got on a, a good buck very first morning. Unfortunately, it was like a mile and a half away with a, a drainage between us. And I didn't anticipate this hunt being this difficult. But there was really no way around getting to this buck. So I just took off. And dropped down uh, the escarpment, the lava rock. Uh, and I, this time, I'm very sensitive. Some people tell me a lot of rattlesnakes out there this time of year. So, you know, I'm looking at every... I hate rattlesnakes. <laughs> and uh, and got my way over there and climbed up this rock wall and got on top. And I've got this... Uh, I actually was carrying a little more, bit more weapon than I needed. And uh, this dog on antelope ended up shooting him at 70 yards. Beautiful goat, so it was a lot of fun. Nice, and I know I know um, you've got antelope uh, sausage. Uh, you just offered me a piece, and that must have been off a buck last year. Um, do you do an, do you do antelope hunts quite a bit? Uh, I don't. I no. don't. I only because it's very difficult to get a draw. Sure. And I did draw this tag, and uh, you know they're usually just a lot of fun. You know, I don't have to pack up wall tents and all that stuff. You just sleep in the back of my truck, if not out under the stars. The problem with this hunt, Jay, there had been so much moisture, the mosquitoes were Horrible. outrageous. Oh yeah. You know, it's been interesting here in Unit Nine. Um, usually, the mosquitoes are pretty darn bad here as well, and. I haven't had uh, hardly any mosquitoes. I, I don't quite know why because it's really wet this year. Um, but I, I'm not, uh, hopefully it stays that way because I don't like the mosquitoes either. No, well, you, you know, I grew up in northern Minnesota, so that's kind of a cuss word to a Minnesotan. Yeah, well, they're, they're small birds in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I do not miss that. Yeah. 
Mark, uh, today we're going to talk about Wilderness Athlete, and you're one of the founders of Wilderness Athlete, and um, I'm looking forward to this episode and getting to pick your brain about uh, some of the ins and outs of Wilderness Athlete. Uh, before we get into that, I'd like to ask you about your background and a little bit about your upbringing and, and uh, what got you into what you're doing now. I'd be happy to. Yeah, I, uh, as I mentioned, I grew up in northern Minnesota and in a little town, and it's most small towns in the Midwest, if not all over the country, you know, you're involved in athletics. And uh, in my case, the town was so small, if you didn't play four sports, they couldn't field the team. And so, in a wonderful place to grow up, rivers on every side of the town, lakes all over. Uh, so, and obviously with the weather that you deal with in northern Minnesota, I, I grew up trapping and hunting and fishing and uh, had that proverbial Uncle, Uncle Roger, you know, that uh, bought some land and leased some land up near Canada. So we grew up whitetail hunting. So just uh, almost a Tom Sawyer type childhood and uh, thoroughly loved that. In your in your childhood, uh, playing the four sports, uh, what sports did you play? What sports did you enjoy the most out of those sports? Well, you know, I I, I loved them all. Not to skirt your question, but uh, probably was um, best as a basketball player. You know, uh, which was the sport I de- ended up not doing afterwards. I actually went to college then at the University of Kansas uh, on a track scholarship. I was a discus thrower and and. Um, and then toward the end of my collegiate career, I played football at the University of Kansas and was fortunate enough to uh, sign a contract with the Cleveland Browns and went in there as a tight end and uh, got moved to offensive line. Now, back then, Jay, I weighed 270, and that's back when, believe it or not, the starting center for the Cleveland Browns, a uh, guy named Tom DeLeon, he was a five-time pro bowler, weighed 237 pounds. Wow. So he'd, the, get, he'd get smashed right now yeah. with those 330s that they've got in there. Yeah. I'd tough guys, that. though. Yeah, tough guys. Tough but the guys. world has changed, yeah. and, and, and nutrition has changed. Yeah. Strength training has changed. High school programs have changed. So, yeah, that world is completely different. When you were growing up, say, in high school athletics, how am, uh, I mean, growing up in a small town, huge emphasis is placed on athletics. And, you know, the whole, it seems as though my wife's from a small town in Wisconsin, she would say the whole town would travel. Um, was that the case in your high school? Yeah. In fact, it was uh, the town that I'm from, a little town called Verndale. And uh, our town was known if you were going to play us, you were automatically down 20 points or whatever. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, farm kids. I didn't. Nobody lifted weights. Nobody did any of that. I bailed. In fact, I grew up in, in this little town, but I ended up, what I tell people is, probably had it worse than farm kids because I ended up having to bail everybody's hay. You know, usually when you're a farm kid, you just put up your hay. Well, I I was out. All the neighbors. I was out, yeah. I mean, with uh, I was on call, basically. Yeah. So that obviously got you strong, uh, doing those types of chores and such got you farm strong. Yeah, it, farm strong is a great way to put it. I think people underestimate what in the in the collegiate athletic world we talk about power development strength is one thing but real athletic ability comes from power well when you learn how to throw bales the timing of it with your hips and pulling and all that that is very athletic in nature and of course when you're you know humping 2 to 3000 bales a day you know over over weeks and weeks 
uh, yeah, it, it's a benefit. Did that have any residual uh, effect now on your back? Uh, have you have you had any problems with your back, or how does that? Well, up? funny you should ask. Yeah, I had two back surgeries last year, you did. but I don't. But I, it wasn't from bailing. Hey, uh, again, my generation didn't have today's technology of strength coaches that we came to understand the science of training and the mechanics of training. And we, when I was no, you're talking about the late '70s. We just pushed heavyweight. We trained hard. We got after it, and we used smelling salts. I mean, it was just we were crazy, right? And we just got very, very strong. And and so, but at some point, uh, that comes back on you, and that's that's where I was last year. Yeah, the human body ends up breaking down. It surely will. Too much weight on it. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Tell me about uh, throwing the discus and collegiately at the collegiate level and. Um, training for that, uh, you know, that, that's definitely a sport that, that is intriguing to me. Uh, you know, it's an Olympic sport, right? Yes, it is. And um, how did you get into the discus and how did all that play out? Well, you know, I, I, it's funny you bring that up because discus to me, I mean, I, I loved all sports and I loved the football, the basketball. But to this day, my frustration in my life is with the discus. Because it's you, and it's what they call an implement. It's you and the discus in a ring out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody even knows you're there. You can win the, you can win the gold medal in the Olympics in the United States, and nobody will ever even hear your name. Uh, but that's not why we did it. You know, we do it because it's just there's the solid. It's kind of like a hunter. Yeah. You just by yourself, and you're challenging yourself. And and I absolutely loved it, and I had such a vision. I'd wake up in the morning, I could see myself in the Olympics throwing, and uh, it drove me. And I, I think part of that hunger still is in me. How much of discus is uh, strength and how much of it is technique? Uh, a, a good combination, but, but as you, there's a point of diminishing return on strength and power where if you don't have the mechanics, you're going nowhere. And I was probably in that particular category. I had a collegiate roommate who was a world-class discus thrower through over 210 feet, and I wasn't far behind him, but I could never catch him. Uh, I was stronger, I was bigger, I was faster, uh, you know, but I could not catch him because, again, mechanically, there are things that he knew that I did not know. And um, uh, unfortunately, I learned them when I was 40-something, And but I had a great time and frustration's part of it. And then uh, you also played football at Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, how was Kansas's team back then? I know Kansas State, as of as of late as kind of the powerhouse um how was kansas football team then well it's funny back then jk state was literally probably the singular worst program in the united states is that right yes yeah in uh, for a long long time and the, the jayhawks never were great being in the big eight with nebraska and oklahoma and, and uh they were not real good you know you'd had your nolan cromwells and your gail sayers come out of there and and um but i i just went out my senior year Quite frankly, because I wanted the challenge. Sure. So um, I did, and uh, we ended up going to a bowl game. Wow. We, we went eight and three. Where'd you go? What bowl? We game? went to uh, at that time. You know, remember back then there was only about six or yeah. seven bowls, and they called it the Hall of Fame game, which I forget what they call that bowl today. Uh, but we played Mississippi State and lost seven to nothing. Wow. And that's uh, a defensive struggle. Huh? It was. It was, and. Uh, but I did, I had a great experience. I enjoyed football, uh, but after I uh, had a knee injury, uh, 
I, there wasn't, in fact, I was in a, I was in a training room with a guy from the University of Oregon that had his knee blown up and he was going through rehab. And remember now, back then, Jay, my contract was for $40,000. Now to watch somebody else's knee and all you really had to do back then, they would get you to where you could walk and they'd send you a little check and you were on your way. Right. So, and, um, it just didn't mean enough to me. Yeah. Really, I enjoyed it, but I, I, it wasn't something that I needed to fulfill me. So, when you were you drafted by the Cleveland Browns, or did you walk on? No, they signed me as a free agent because, again, with only one year of college experience. Yeah. But when they tested, you know, I was. Uh, I, th- that's the beauty of being a multi-sport athlete. I was pretty athletic. You sure. know, I could jump. I could, you know dunk and and run i was fast i ran about a four six eight forty at 270 pounds there aren't many guys that can do that today so i was very athletic and and uh probably should have stayed a tight end but they had an offense that had the tight end uh caught very few balls i'm trying to think who the quarterback was that bernie kosar no he came in the year after brian sipe okay brian sipe brian sipe was Uh, ozzy newsome was was a, a tight end and and uh, but but quite frankly, offensive line was very easy for me because it's you know if you're a good athlete, and today offensive linemen don't get me wrong, they're very good athletes, right. but they're not as good of an athlete as a tight end is. Right, skill a skill level. Player. Skill level, sure. yeah. Sure, that's awesome. And um, so you got injured and hurt your knee. How bad of an injury was it? An ACL or or have you had recurring? problems with that same knee? Uh, I've had three knee surgeries, but that was just an MCL injury that uh, um, they did more to it back then than they needed to. Uh, But more importantly, I just decided that um, rather than just sit there and collect a check and, you know, I I just moved on. I had an opportunity to go to the University of South Carolina to go to graduate school. And so I knew that opportunity would be off the table before long. So I took them up on it. I'd never been in the South and had the time of my life and uh, met some incredible people. And uh, what did you study there? I uh, studied nutrition. I went there uh, to get my graduate degree in nutrition. I always was intrigued by it because I remember even in high school and in my early days of college, people still poo-pooed supplementation. You don't, you can get it all from the food you eat. You don't need extra protein. You don't, you know, you still hear it today. And I'm like, listen, boys and girls, you're you're living in my world now and you're out to lunch. Yeah. There's all sorts of misconceptions with everyday living and eating and nutrition and what have you. Uh, Speaking about the foods we eat, how bad are the foods that, that, that everyday people eat? Well, you know, I could pull up charts that show you data from the USDA and uh, our own federal government programs that do research on soil content, and they can show you that farming practices have diluted the mineral, the depletion levels of our soils are are absolutely amazing, and um, the diseases that are caused due to that are mounting, and people aren't paying attention to it. Are those strictly processed foods, or are you even talking about foods that are grown right out of the ground? Uh, yeah, right out of the ground. I mean, I in fact, I'll give you a case in point. Uh, uh, something like magnesium. When you look at the levels that have been depleted, uh, literally ninety percent less uh, than was in the ground. You know, the way we ate when we were young. And I saw this study that indicated a list of diseases, a list of afflictions, if you will. And one of them was asthma. And it struck me because as a coach, 
I know one. When I played college football, you never saw an inhaler. They didn't exist. You walk on any college football campus today on the field, and you'll sprain your ankle stepping on inhalers. Something's up. Kids didn't just start being born with those issues. Sure. Speaking of coaching, tell me about your background in, I believe, strength strength training, right? Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, I was, again, I, I, I was around throwers being the kind of guys who uh, have to outwork people. They have to outtrain people. They have to pay attention to detail. Um, I was exposed to some of the most incredibly powerful athletes who nobody had ever heard of. You know, guys that weighed 300 pounds that could do backflips. You know, guys that could 360 dunk that, you know, 290 pounds, you know, guys like that. And to be around them and watch the way they trained uh, for power development and in dungeons, you know, not these beautified weight rooms today. In fact, they take pride in getting away from this, what they would call sissified environment. They love the nasty, dark places of the world. The old, uh, in Rocky Three when he's training in the fancy and then he goes back with Apollo Creed and goes back to streets of LA and same type of same type of thing going back to the streets yeah it's 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 just too cush it's too soft and I see that in athletics today yeah um where did you coach or where do you coach uh and where did you do your strength training the most well I um uh, again, I left the University of Kansas and went to South Carolina from there, trained there three years, coached there, met a lot of wonderful people, uh, some international experts. Uh, then I moved on to Southern California at Long Beach State. Um, they had never had a strength program, so I went out there and, and really, in all honesty, I spent more time literally physically building the facility than coaching. That's just the way it was back then. Yeah. You know, you had to go pick up. I was jackhammering walls. I was pouring concrete, tying rebar, you know, form, putting trusses up, packing in, get this, packing in asbestos. <laughs> how about that? Great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I don't know how much longer I have, Jay. But, uh, uh, and then I went to the University of New Mexico uh, and I stayed there for 25 years and I retired three years ago. Good so, yeah, f- fabulous career. A lot of fun working with young people. And I think probably the highlight at the University of New Mexico, Jay, we don't get blue chippers in, in, in most sports. And so I we had to get kids that just had to outwork people. Uh, they were, had you had to have a, what I call a walk-on mentality. You were not going to be gifted anything. And there's something to be said for that kind of a guy. Absolutely. In 25 years in New Mexico, did you handle all sorts of the athletes uh, or just football, basketball, or did you do all the sports? When I first got there, Jay, I handled probably uh, 14 sports myself. I had one graduate assistant. And, of course, the whole profession has now evolved into where most places have 15 full-time people in their strength department, yeah. one for every sport. Uh, I ended my career with uh, men's basketball. Steve Alford, who's the coach at UCLA now, I ended my last three years working with him, and we had a lot of success. And but when Steve moved on to UCLA, I you know not a lot of elk hanging around Westwood. That's for sure. It seems like St- Steve Alford uh, played for Indiana, and I remember him hitting a big three-point shot. He was a heck of a shot. I remember him. To this day, Jay, the man can step up and hit 50 free throws in a row and not a blink of an eye. Yeah, I remember him being a heck of an athlete. I believe he played for Bobby Knight. He but, did. Yeah. They won the national title. Yeah, yeah. So with all this 
experience that you have, then comes Wilderness Athlete. Tell me about Wilderness Athlete. Well, you know, uh, like you said, having the opportunity to meet and 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 actually have companies over my 30 years send me stuff. I mean, I tell people I I would never have to purchase a meal in my life from companies that just wanted me to try their stuff. So I've been around some really good stuff. I've seen some bad stuff, everything in between. Uh, I know there's shysters. I know there's good people. And so you learn to really distinguish good from bad. And, and of course, like you know, for this discussion, my passion in life, I loved athletics. But it kind of pales in terms of my love for the outdoors. And so I realized there was nothing in the space for wilderness athletes. And I went on my first elk hunt uh, 27 years ago and got into some bulls right away up in the San Pedro Parks Wilderness in northern New Mexico. And I had never experienced anything quite like it. The intensity, the fatigue, um, the atmosphere... The, everything about it, it was so out of my comfort zone, which was what was so thrilling about it. Not to mention trying to pull back your bow and keep your composure. It was just a challenge unlike anything I'd ever done. And so, long story short, Jay, I realized those guys are athletes. I mean, to do what you guys do, to neglect the nutritional side of that, is, is just missing a key component. Absolutely. We're going to Uh, I got a couple questions to ask you about that component after we hear from our sponsors. So let's take a quick break. Guys, as you know, GoHunt.com Insider is the title sponsor of this podcast. I want to talk a little bit about their unit profiles. Mapping and satellite imagery. Get a bird's eye view of your hunting terrain on detailed unit maps with clearly identified boundary lines and marked area services. One of the cool things is if you draw a unit, let's say in Nevada or Arizona or one of the western states and you've never been there before, on the GoHunt.com Insider, all you have to do is pull up the map, then you pull up the specific unit that you've drawn, and then there's a cool feature where you can just click on a button and it will tell you the nearest gas stations, the nearest restaurants, uh, the nearest automotive stores, the nearest archery supply places. Uh, You can get all of the information right there by clicking on the map. Species and season-specific information. Learn about each species in the unit and gain valuable insight into animal genetics as well as season-specific behavior details. Another great feature that I really like is the weather and geography. View the entire weather history of a unit, precipitation and temperature, plus moon phases. See how much of the unit is private land your camping and lodging options, and what type of terrain and vegetation to expect. That is just some of the things that you get under the unit profiles. Guys, I want to thank GoHunt.com Insider for being the sponsor of this podcast. If you use the J. Scott promo code when you sign up for GoHunt.com Insider, you get a $50 Kuyu gift card. They, After you sign up, they will electronically email you a gift card that you can use at Kuyu. Okay, Mark, I want to go back to your first archery elk hunt and what what exactly was it when you first heard your elk bugle and you thought, I've got a bow in my hands and what drew you to the sport? Let me set this up, Jay. So we're walking into camp. Now, It's I can tell you this. It's September 4th, 1989, and we're walking into our base camp. We're not expecting anything to happen this time of the year. 
Uh, certainly the Bulls aren't supposed to. But I, quite frankly, I'm speaking out of ignorance back then. I didn't know what to expect. Right. I'd never done it. And so um, the fog this is just starting to get light. Fog is in this drainage right below us. My partner and my friend pulls out of this, this tube and he bugles, which I thought was fascinating. And lo and behold, 400 yards away, an elk screams back, which he told me would probably not happen. And I turned around to look at him, and he was already gone. And he was 100 yards down the ridge. And so now I got this 75, 80-pound pack on, and I'm bailing after him. Don't, don't know what I'm doing. Right. Got my bow in one hand pack. So off we go. We jump across the creek at the bottom. We run up the other side. And and all of a sudden, I see him throwing signs at me to get down. And all I see is a root system that's blown over with a hole. And I drop my pack off. I jump in this, this root system hole. And all of a sudden, bra- branches are breaking. Bulls screaming. He's coming in. I'm already physically nauseous from the run. <laughs> now, here comes this bull in, which is adding more adrenaline to my system. And, and this bull's coming right to me. And timber snapping. And all of a sudden... Uh, he caught my wind at probably 35 yards out and he whirled and ran. And it was probably a good thing because I might have died <laughs> because I just I just didn't know what was going on. But it was so exhilarating to the point where I think it's it's just in my DNA now. I'm like, that was incredible. So we went on to have multiple experiences. And as bad of an elk hunter as I was, I ended up killing a nice six by six yeah, and you can imagine this. This bull comes in. He's at 15 yards now. 15 yards, you can hit a lifesaver. And I, I, I thought I aimed for his heart. I hit him in front of the shoulder and the lower neck, and luckily he expired. But the whole experience was to say, I have got to do this till the day I die. Yeah, there's something about archery elk hunting. Uh, even more than, in my mind, muzzleloader and rifle hunting because it's such a intimate and personal, you know, you're right there on them. And there's so much that can go wrong. And then there's times when you can do everything wrong and it works out. So, I mean, it, there, it's such an intriguing sport because there's so many facets and it's it's so technical on one end, but on the other end, you make the right call at the you know right time and boom, they're right in your face and you get a nice shot. So... Um, it's definitely something when I heard my first elk bugle, I was captivated too. And it's, it's uh, something I look forward to every year. Um, back to wilderness athlete. And I want to talk to you about uh, some of the different products that wilderness athlete has and have you go through some of them and, and maybe uh, what some of the challenges are of, of being a company with the name Wilderness Athlete, what challenges does that pr- produce? Well, I think the biggest challenge I've had to overcome as the company has grown, and it's it's really been uh, very gratifying to see the, the, the products do what they're supposed to do, and then word of mouth start to take over, and to see the growth of our company now, like I said, it's just, it's a wonderful thing. Um, I really uh, want, I, th- I want people to know the biggest challenge is getting them to understand that staying healthy is a year-long process. It's not something you pick up, you know, when you pick up your, your cow calls and start practicing with your diaphragms. It's it's a year-long. You take care of your body year-long so that when you need it to perform, it, it's ready to go. And not only for, the, for that particular given year, um, my passion is to help people stay healthy as long as you can. I hope it's till you're 90. 
but to give you a long, healthy, morbidity-free lifestyle. And with that lifestyle, so so what you're saying is this isn't just it's hard because you're you're in the business of selling supplements and you're in the business of selling a lot of other products that help people but it's probably hard for you when you see sales spike right before hunts and stuff when you know that maybe people aren't doing it year round whereas you know eating right and and exercising and 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 giving your body the proper supplements is is very important it's probably hard even though you like the sales to realize that maybe people aren't doing it all year round yeah, and I think what we're seeing is that if people have, have, have started using our products and they feel so good when they're on them that intellectually, you know, it's taken a while, but they're now going, why would I ever get off this stuff? And, and that is exactly the point of the company. If you feel that good on it, folks, why don't you want to feel that way all year long? And for your loved ones, you know, you hunters, you've got wives, your wives, you've got husbands, you've got children. Uh, our products, uh, my kids have been using our products now since we started the company. It's, it is a wonderful product line that hopefully if you take a, I'm most proud, Jay, of our science and research formulations team. They're the best in the world. Tell me about them. Well, um, it starts with Dr. Harry Pruce, and Harry's a guy I met on a fishing trip. I sat on the advisory uh, council of a, of a company called Advocare, a wonderful company. And I met Harry, and uh, he's the chair of Georgetown Medical. He's the most papered nutritionist in the United States, former president of the American Council of Nutrition three times. And uh, anyone in the world of nutrition knows Harry Pruce. Well, I happened to end up in a boat with him down in Florida, and I thought, this is going to be a drag. Uh, turned out to be the time of my life and one of the most, you know, fortunate things in my life. And I called Harry and I asked him, you know, should we, could we start a company dedicated toward this particular group of people? And he said, I don't know why not. And so uh, I knew another gentleman by the name of Rich Scheckenbach. And Rich is one of the top formulators. He's a biochemist. All my guys are biochemists, which I am the first one to tell you. Don't ever come up to me and think I've got all the answers. If you're not a biochemist, you only know what you read, you know? But if you're, you know, these guys are people that spend their lives in a laboratory and understand the inner workings of at a cellular level. They also knew a gentleman by the name of Nikolai Volkov, who was in charge of, get this, Jay, the Soviet Union's Red Army nutrition, their cosmonaut program nutrition, and their athletic program in Russia. Which I guarantee you he was top of his game in that deal. Oh, those, well, they're, they were, and they still are, yeah. light years ahead of us in herbs understanding what herbs can do for the human body. And so, in fact, Nikolai is the one who isolated creatine in the muscle, and I had lunch with him with his interpreter. He told me that that um, we did not give creatine to our athletes unless they made it to the semifinals of the Olympics. It was that precious. Wow. And, and, of course, now it's a commodity product, but back then it wasn't. Uh, well, Nikolai passed away a couple years ago, but his, his um, protege... His protege is a guy named Volodya Lenikov. And Volodya was in the Olympics as a pentathlete. He's a biochemist. So I met I met Volodya, and he's now part of the company. So, I, again, I, I, I take great pride in the quality of people. And I want people to know this. These guys don't aren't involved in wilderness athlete to make a bunch of money. Right. They would not put their name to a company that was not going to represent their integrity their research uh, and put that at the forefront. So that we're we're just about making great products. 
That's awesome. What would you say is the product that maybe is the number one seller or the most popular if, if there is one? I think it would undoubtedly, JB, our hydration product, what we call Hydrate and Recover. And there's a good reason for that. Um, I give all the credit in the world to the sports companies, Gatorade, that, that did the research that started that uh, industry back in the, I want to believe, 1965. And it demonstrated that you could actually increase uh, water into your system faster by incorporating some some sugars and some uh, electrolytes. And now they've understood amino acids and things like that. Well, we have taken that to a whole nother level. Uh, we really consider our hydration the world's first nutritional hydration drink. We incorporate, you know, a thousand milligrams of vitamin C, uh, 400 milligrams of branch chain amino acids, other amino acids for brain support. Uh, we put an adaptogenic herb. We put a lot of stuff in every serving of our hydration, glucosamine? which is, uh, we, you know, we used to, Jay, uh -huh. we ended up taking the, the little bit of glucosamine out because people were drinking so much of it that it was causing uh, loose bowels. And we have a standalone glucosamine product. So what we did is we took the little bit of glucosamine out and we beefed it up with 400 milligrams of branched-chain amino acids. So that was the transition. We actually made the product better by doing that. Interesting. Interesting. And I know that people, uh, and I, I do it myself, but mix the hydrate, recover, and the energy and focus, and it's called the Superman. Tell me how that started. Well, we had some firefighters. This, this was this goes back about eight years ago, nine years ago, as well as a bunch of, of guys that were fighting over in, in Iraq. And uh, but the firefighters, uh, one of them in particular, and his name escapes me right now, but he was from Wisconsin, fighting in California, and he called me up and he said to me, he said, Coach Paulson, you've ruined my life. And I said, What do you mean? He said, well, we were sponsored by a sports drink company, and I started mixing the hydration with the energy, and this it just made me go all day fighting fires. And my guys and gals saw me mixing it one day, and now I've got to get up in the dark and mix 50 bottles of this stuff up every morning. And he said, my guys call it a Superman. Well, that name stuck. And uh, it is a really a... A wonderful combination and with the different flavors that we have and by the way not to get ahead of myself but we have some more new flavors coming down the pike um, but the superman really is a great way to start your day uh, or to get yourself up after you know you come in after a morning hunt and you start to stiffen up after lunch and and uh, so to get one of those in you around two o'clock it, it gets you up and going again what other products um are highlight products i know you are i know Obviously, all of the products are you feel are fundamental, uh, but maybe go through some of the different products. Well, you know, um, so we got Hydrate and Recover, Energy and Focus, our top two sellers. Uh, our multivitamin is really, uh, I mean, folks, it's so economical, you know, for pennies a day. Uh, we have what I think is the highest absorption. You know, it's not what you, it's not what you consume. It's what you digest, metabolize, and absorb. And again, I don't need to beat up on people. That's not my purpose. But a lot of products in the nutritional world, which is why it's such a cheesy industry, is they're not high quality. I mean, most people don't know, nor should they know, that vitamins can come in basically three grades. You have animal grade, food grade, and pharmaceutical grade. Well, we use pharmaceutical grade on everything. But you wouldn't know that if you were just shopping at a 
at a store. And so all of our products are designed to not only have the highest formulations, but to have the highest capability of absorbing and getting to the cellular level. Talk to me a little bit about absorption and how important it is for your body to actually absorb what it's taking in. And conversely, taking another multivitamin that your body can't absorb. Why is absorbing so important? Well, uh, and that I believe that will be the big question in this country over the course of the next 10, 20, 30, you know, helping people understand digestion and absorption. Healthy cells create healthy tissues and healthy tissues create healthy organs and then healthy organs create healthy systems. And so that's how we function. And if it doesn't get to the cell, then it's doing nothing. So the ability for everything to get to that cell is obviously the critical issue. So in order to do that, you have to have a healthy, uh, first of all, you have to have, as a human being, have to have a healthy digestive system, which is why uh, I don't mind letting people know that we will be coming out with in the next, I want to say six weeks, uh, our Wilderness Athlete Probiotic. Awesome. And and yeah, I mean, I, again, it means a lot to me that that we're trying to create and help people become as healthy of a human being as possible and then go hunt. I know, you know, Wilderness Athlete, it's gotten its name from being uh, something that a lot of hunters use, but I know that you have a lot of other clients in lots of other activities. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about some of your clients as far as what other sports and such do they play and, and take part in other than hunting? Well, we're, we, we, as generally happens when the word gets out and, and people like our name. And uh, I actually, Jay, and I'll backtrack, but the guy who named the company, I was going on an elk hunt in 16D, you know, uh, and a guy named Alec Hudson, who was a Vietnam vet, was riding next to me. And we're driving down the road across the plains of St. Augustine. And I told him about my concept and what I wanted to do. And I said, Alex, I'm struggling with a name. And he said, why don't you call it Wilderness Athlete? It just rolled off his tongue. And I went, well, that'll work. And so uh, I want to give Alex uh, Hudson credit for that. And But now we're, we're starting to branch out to where word of mouth is, is bringing uh, rock climbers, mountain bikers, uh, kayakers, uh, back my wife's a big backpacker so you know the backpacking community um but i want it to be bigger than that i mean i just want everybody to know that that uh, everybody should treat themselves like an athlete why relinquish i mean we don't use a bunch of big rock stars to promote our products they're no better than you and i so we're not going to dump a bunch of cash into endorsements when i'm simply going to tell you why is it that you get to be post high school or post collegiate and you drop the ball on your own personal health. Why do we do that? Treat your body the way it's designed to be treated, which is like an athlete. Oh, I think that's um, great. And I honestly, I think uh, so many people when they're in high school, you know, grade school, high school, they're running, they're, they're active and they, you know, they're, they're, they're treating their bodies better. And I think, you know, they lose some of the passion for, you know, high school football or what, what, whatever it may be. And, you know, I think that's why there's a lot of overweight people in, in the world, in the United States. Um, I think almost they, they don't make it a priority anymore to be strong, to be fit, to be healthy. 
And I think to add to that, Jay, because I think you're 100% right, people have given up because they've, they've tried these fads and they've tried this. Um, and I, I, I don't want them to give up hope. I want them to maintain a sense of teachability. And, and, and that's why we're here. To These podcasts mean a lot to me. And I appreciate you having me on to just get people started and uh, move them down the track toward better health and lower their blood pressure, lower their body weight, lower their overall risk factors on multiple levels, which happens simply by lowering your body weight. So talking about the products, you've got Hydrate and Recover, Energy and Focus, you've got a pro- probiotic coming out. What are some of the other products that you, uh, multivitamins, what are some of the other products that you have? Well, we have delicious shakes. I mean, the ability to cut your average calorie load every day, you know, rather than going, the average meal is going to be somewhere, you know, your breakfast, lunch, and dinner is going to be somewhere around 400 to 800 calories uh, per meal. Well, our shakes are 240 calories, uh, 9 grams of fiber, which you most people don't get enough of. Uh, and so the ability to give you all that good nutrition and cut, uh, uh, you know, at least 300 calories out of your diet every single day. Now multiply that, you know, by 365 and see what happens to you. That alone. So we have great tasting shakes. You can add your own fruit, whatever you want. we got excellent proteins. Really, again, highly digestible proteins. You know that because you won't get gas. Low quality proteins cause bloating and gas. You will not get that with our products. Um, so, you know, that, that's something that we're very proud of. We've got a standalone joint supplement. Uh, we've got an altitude sickness product that is freaky what it does to help people um, acclimatize to higher elevations. Yeah, I can attest to uh, wilderness athlete altitude advantage. Um, I spend the summers in Colorado and, uh, you know, probably... When I started noticing it the most, probably 15 years ago, I would get altitude sickness when I would get to certain elevations. And over the years, uh, five days before I go up, I, I take altitude advantage, and, and um, it, it, it's amazing how it helps. And this last summer, I actually forgot to take it and um, didn't even have any with me. And when I went up to Colorado, my wife and I, the first couple days, for sure the first day, I was just wiped out and if you haven't had altitude sickness i don't know if you have it's it's not fun um and so i like that altitude advantage product yeah you know jay we had a we had a young 18 year old boy that a friend of mine from minnesota brought down on an elk hunt and he we and we didn't know enough about it back then he was really sick throwing up and we again we just we didn't know what it was we thought, yeah headache and so we just left him at camp and we took off hunting i mean to think back on how serious that could have been is is a bit scary but that product if, if anyone's going to come out west and and climb up in the mountains you know for 29.95 please invest in that product um, it's it, it's a game changer i'm also very proud maybe our scientifically most fascinating power pack product is our greens infusion where you can add one little scoop is equivalent to six servings of fruits and vegetables to get all the phytonutrients that you need to help your body knock down the acid load and uh, which also is a burgeoning science um, and helping people appreciate that we are overly acidic in this country and uh, so I would encourage people to take our shake with one scoop a day to just become a healthier person what is it with the supplement business that 
creates the snake oil salesman mentality, which I mean we've all seen. Why is is it is it just easy for that to take place, and so people believe certain things, and that's created kind of that negative vibe? Well, it came out of the it came out of the gym world, uh, the Bob Hoffman muscle man, don't kick sand in my face. That's where that came from. And, and of course, claims in bodybuilding, add 15 pounds of muscle in five days, you know, those kinds of ridiculous claims. And then the terminology that they use, megabolic, anadrolic, you know, it's just an overly hyped industry that cannot fulfill. And what people don't realize is the average nutritional company comes and goes every two years. Uh, for that very reason, they get in trouble, they make claims, they probably use fraudulent practices. And then, uh, again, th- the other thing I'm proud of, all of our products are manufactured in an NSF facility for sport. They don't even allow a herb into the building that could cause cross-contamination. You know, I tested positive. You, you can't test positive on our product. It's not possible. Yeah. So I, I, I think you know, most hunters are never going to worry about getting drug tested, but I want them to know that that's the kind of company they're dealing with. Right. And a company that's been around. Ten years now. Yeah. Um, I noticed that uh, your products just recently uh, got located into big box store Cabela's. Yes, we did. Tell me about how that has done for your company. Well, I actually, we had a following, a friend, a guy, he's become a friend, uh, Mike Iazzi, who's the manager out at uh, the Reno store. Um, you know, most Cabela's employees are hunters too. And they started using and hearing about it. And they actually started making a bit of a squawk to their own bosses, which led me to go up to the Reno store a year ago and sample their, 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 uh, they had a big weekend. But you know what the funniest thing, Jay, I had Cabela's employees five deep mixing up supermans and they went back they and and of course you take a superman now you're a better employee trust me if you own a business out there you should provide supermans <laughs> for your employees uh, the productivity focused <laughs> i mean to tell you the the talking with their employees everything about it was a good experience so they brought us in and it wasn't a matter of us pitching them they wanted us in yeah and so it's been a fun and exciting. We're also in you know, Sportsman's Warehouse, and we'll be going into other stores. But I think uh, I think Cabela's has been a, a really good fit for us. And uh, you guys also at WildernessAthlete.com, uh, people can go and buy all the products uh, right off your website as well. Yes, all the, and we have a huge fun. People love our, well, they, again, Jay, they love our name. So they like getting our T-shirts, our hats, our apparel. And, you know, we're never going to be a big apparel company. We're a nutritional company. Yeah. But kind of goes hand in hand, so we'll have fun with it. That's awesome. Is there anything that you want to add to our conversation here that you think is, you know, fundamental uh, for people out there listening, hunters, uh, you know, and, and everyday folks that are listening, outdoorsmen, to this? Well, I, I just my message as I travel now is uh, to just let people know that you can have health without high performance, but you can't have high performance without your health. So without beating this this horse, Jay, um, take care of yourself on a daily basis and make incremental steps. Most people don't make quantum leaps in their health. You got to start somewhere and you have to trust someone. 
And nothing positive is going to happen in your life until you get excited about something. So I hope that something is is Wilderness Athlete and allowing us the privilege of being the company that you turn to and your family turns to um, to live a long, healthy life. Awesome, Coach. It's awesome having you here. And uh, hopefully we can get into some elk tonight. And uh, hopefully Rick will get a big bowl down so we can go check it out. And um, as always, it's great talking with you. And I just appreciate you being on here. Thank you, Jay, so much for having me on. And uh, yeah, let's go see what we can find. Sounds good, buddy. Guys, I want to tell you about one of the sponsors of this podcast. DeadeyeOutfitters.com is a lifestyle hunting apparel company for hunters by hunters. Check out episode 45 of this podcast with one of the owners and you'll see what I mean. Deadeye Outfitters makes quality t-shirts, sweatshirts, and hats designed with hunters in mind. Deadeye Outfitters has the only license for creating Boone and Crockett apparel. Use the J. Scott promo code and receive a 10% discount on all purchases at DeadeyeOutfitters.com. <laughs> 